Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the travel edition of the Teening Podcast. I hope everyone has had a very lovely and relaxing week so far. And if you celebrated Thanksgiving, I hope it was full of good food and great company. Now, you might be slipping into that break mode, that period of the year where you just kind of want to slip into the doldrums and hibernate until January. And who am I to get you to wake back up? I am literally right there beside you. So to further get your mind into the relaxing mood, we are going to be hopping, skipping, and jumping all over the earth and exploring some of your favorite vacation spots. Now we asked our student advisory board um, their favorite vacation spots, like what makes a perfect vacation, and to share some stories about past uh, vacations that they've experienced. Um, And just as a reminder, for any teens out there who want to be involved in the podcast or be involved with Teen Inc. behind the scenes, all you have to do is email us at editor at teeninc.com and mention that you want to be part of the student advisory board and we will get you all sorted. So without further ado, let's hear about what teens these days want to see in a vacation. Now, reading over some of these answers, I'm not going to read them all, but most of them did have some degree of wanting beautiful nature and beautiful scenery. And and yeah, I agree. That is kind of the point of going on a vacation, especially if it's in a new country or just a new region of your country. You want to see something that you don't see every day. So, for example, Samantha Fong said that her dream vacation is anywhere that has good scenery and great entertainment sections, preferably outside the U.S., and it would be much better going with my close friends. I love that last bit because the people who you go on vacation with really do set the tone and the vibe for the trip. Um, and sometimes family vacations are just more stressful, but at the same time, friend vacations also have their their own struggles sometimes. But if you have any thoughts, please send them to podcast at teenink.com. Do you prefer friend vacations or family vacations or even solo vacations? I think that, um, many of you might be too young to really do a solo vacation, but The idea of it is very glamorous and a little scary. Next, Lydia Quattrachi said, I want to retreat to some secluded cabin by the seashore or in the middle of a lake. I want to row a canoe, pick wild berries, communicate with animals, and be completely alone with no distractions. I want to make dinner over a fire and sleep under handmade quilts. I want to go out on the water at night to look at the moon and the stars. So that sounds incredible. It's just being one with nature. No phones, no distractions, no stressors from everyday life. It's just you, nature, the stars, moon, animals. Ah, I don't know. Sounds lovely. We asked what is the best part of traveling, and Manat Thukral said that the best part of traveling is the roads or the way we go through to reach our destination. The journey is more beautiful than the satisfaction of reaching your spot. It consists of fights, sleeps, beautiful pathways, nature surrounding you, and endless talks. So I guess the journey, or the way, is the best part of traveling for me. Yes, many people forget or just don't think of the journey as part of the the experience, the traveling experience. Um, it absolutely can be. It's 
a condensed amount of time where you're with your loved ones, friends or family or whoever your travel companions are, and you are made so aware by your surroundings of where you are. It allows you to be present and just focus on, yeah, the the roads going by, the music on the radio, or like the dumb little games that you play with your siblings, like I Spy. And to really hammer in that environment, um, Lydia also wrote that uh, her favorite vacation slash travel story includes um, traveling to her grandma's house, who lived in southern Indiana by the Ohio River. She said, We'd get lost on the dark, twisty roads more often than not, and my brother's electronic toys filled the air with their sing-song. I remember how I loved the John Denver songs that my mother played along the road and the picnic grounds we stopped at. Grandma's house was crowded with cats she'd adopted, the smell of cats to find the air. Her tall, austere bookcases and heavy rugs and her precarious spinning wheel filled me with awe. I can still remember her kitchen, the toaster strudels and the orange juice in the jelly jars, the pattern of her wallpaper, and a hundred thousand other details. Once, rooting through my mother's old toys from the 1970s, I found two matching Barbie doll shoes. This seemed like nothing short of a miracle to me. How lovely is that? It's all in the details. Sometimes you don't remember the big moments of a trip. You remember the times that things went wrong, like turning down the wrong roads or getting stuck in a rainstorm um, at an outdoor museum like I did in one of my most memorable and probably least favorite vacations. Those are the things that you can look back on fondly and really treasure as part of your travel stories. And so with that, the articles that I've chosen to read today have all beautifully captured a location in very descriptive words, making you feel as if you're really there. Join me as we traverse the world, going from bustling cities to tranquil mountaintops. We'll meet family members and strangers alike and marvel together at the beauty of the world. Something I'm going to mention straight at the top is these articles will be edited down a little bit just because they are very descriptive. But if you want to go ahead and read them, you can always search them on our website. I'll read the titles at the very top. This first story is called Concrete Jungle, and it's by Anonymous. As she stepped off the glowing red stairs, she looked around her. She looked at all the lights and the different faces of the people that were surrounding her. There were so many colors everywhere, and she felt the diversity in this place as she listened. In one ear, she heard German being spoken by a tall, pale man to his wife. In her other ear, she heard a Chinese language being spoken by a mother with her two children. She tried to listen to all of their conversations, even though there was no way for her to comprehend them. She was still interested. The people all around her were different. Two were not the same. Her dad held her hand tightly as she stared up at the lights above her. Their brightness made it hard to not keep her eyes off them. Staring up as she walked, she bumped into all crowds around her. These signs were advertising Broadway shows being performed a couple streets down and restaurants and stores in the area. The advertisements amazed them all, when usually seeing advertising would cause their heads to turn away. These lights caught their gaze. Her eyes stared with wonder as she read each and every one of them, processing them in her head. The more she focused, the more she could see each individual pixel of color that was making up the brilliant signs. The colors danced around the screen, making a story, and she felt as if she were a part of it all. 
She could feel warmth on her skin, but nothing like the warmth from home. It was a warmth that suddenly made her sweat without her realizing. She felt sweat form on her forehead as they walked around, and pretty soon it started to fall down in rivers on her face. She looked over at her brother, and he was dripping in sweat. His t-shirt had sweat marks around the neck and leading down his back. Her dad looked the same. Although they were all overheated with humidity they were never used to, they could hardly notice as they were exploring the wonders of a place they were all new in. She could smell multiple scents in the area. Some intrigued her and others told her to stay away. Vendors lined the streets selling foods from all across the world. Food she had never tasted before or even heard of. One guy selling hot dogs had a line of people waiting to get a chance to order. His hot dogs were a big deal here. He called out names, and one by one, people came out to retrieve their famous hot dogs. She watched people crossing the street without waiting for light to tell them to do so. She looked to their right and then to their left in hopes that a car wouldn't come speeding at them and collide with their bodies. They don't have fear on their faces as they did this daily. She couldn't think of crossing a street like that without a streetlight as protection. The chances of them getting hit by a car were slim considering traffic is only flowing at a speed of 5 miles per hour. Some of them were actually catching taxis by raising their hands and waving a taxi driver down just as you see in the movies. They hopped in the car, telling the driver they were only going four blocks and that they could have walked there faster. They were all moving fast around us as she stood with her family in the middle of all the havoc. Some were at a running speed trying to get to wherever they were heading on time. Heels clicked on the stairs on the way down to the subway as the nicely dressed women on their way to work sat on the rat-infested train. After all, it might be the cheapest and fastest way to get around in the city. Her feet went down the steep stairs, leading her to the stands where they would swipe a paper card and move through metal bars, leading them in. The subway arrived and everyone got on. People dressed in all types of clothing boarded the train. One woman caught her eye as she was dressed in the red Chanel suit that was released in 1975. Another man in a suit, but less fancy and definitely less expensive, there was a man with a blue hat sitting on the floor in front of him that had the Yankees logo stitched into it. He had been leaning on a pillar, playing the guitar for what looked like could have been his whole life. As people boarded the train, they dropped the change from the bottoms of their pockets into his hat as they appreciated his music and enjoyed his entertainment as they waited. Her dad handed her a dollar and motioned towards the man playing the guitar. She bent down and placed the dollar in his blue Yankees hat. The man looked up and gave her a sweet smile. She knew this place was special and that the people were kind. She knew she would be back soon. This next article might be one of the most unique and most interesting stories I've read so far. It is called Teze, Day in the Life, and it was written by Nikola Georgievich. I'm woken up by a maddening, repetitive clanging. Ten whole minutes of the morning bell ringing to wake the visitors up for morning prayer. I'm thinking, yes, today will be the day that I make it to the morning prayer. Next thing I know, I'm being called for by my grandma and my uncle to wake up for breakfast. As requested, I arise from my quite long slumber and trudge into the kitchen, only to see that they haven't even picked up breakfast. To be fair, my uncle was occupied by the morning prayer, as he's a brother at the monastery at which we're staying. I've visited it once before, but only for one night. Ever since, I've wanted to return to experience it all again, being a bit older. This time I am staying for a week, so I have enough time to immerse myself in the culture and practice some French. For most meals, I'm excited to uncover what lies beneath the box of food, but breakfast is different. We're in France, central France, close to Switzerland, so the daily breakfast of bread and cheese is to be expected. 
but I still always have the glimmer of hope that one of those days we will have a more extravagant meal. It never happens. I don't complain, however, because the creamy, delicious cheese and the occasionally fresh, warm bread creates an unmatchable pair that starts off the day tasting good. Soon after, we clean up and I walk our breakfast containers and leftovers back to the kitchen. They reuse the leftover bread. It's time for me to meet up with my group. In the mornings, I join other kids from countries all across Europe, including Portugal, Sweden, Germany, and Lithuania, for a brief Bible study where we read stories from the Bible with helpful lessons for the youth. Following the reading, we discuss the lesson and answer questions that could help us relate to them to give us the lessons more meaning to us. Though I'm not what I consider to be very religious, it's still helpful to go over these basic lessons as they all have great significance in my life. At 11 a.m. when the meetings end, there is still an hour until the second prayer commences, first for me. During this hour, which usually feels like a lifetime, I enjoy taking a walk around the monastery with my headphones in, observing the picturesque scenery of hills going on for miles and miles while listening to the audio of my choice. The physically tough geographic landscape of the town, having been built on a hill, makes walking a struggle, but I decide to walk all the way down the hill, not thinking about the trek I have on the way up. Closing in on the home stretch of my walk, I glance at my phone, realizing that it's just about time for prayer. Just then, the bells begin to ring. Luckily for me, that doesn't mean I'm late, as the bells begin ringing 10 minutes prior to guarantee that the majority of the people can hear it and start towards the church before the prayer starts. I begin my brief walk towards the church, completing it in less than one minute, and enter, grabbing a songbook out of the box as I walk. The first time I entered the massive church, I was astounded by the number of people crammed into it. To maximize space, there are no chairs in the church, except if you need one, possibly due to age or disability, so everyone either sits cross-legged on the floor or on a stool that the church provides. I personally prefer to sit cross-legged on the floor, which I assume is a tendency of mine learned in school. After sitting silently for a few minutes close to one of the many little screens spread throughout the church, the bells went quiet, and all of the screens lit up with a number, indicating which page in the book to turn to. Slowly, the brothers, about 50 of them, walk into the church. Group by group, they walk with their large white robes on and find their designated spot on the floor. After they all sit down and prepare their music, they begin to sing. Slowly, the more experienced guests sing along, beginning the already beautiful-sounding but less loud performance. As more and more people start singing, making the songs louder and better, the incredible experience of 2,000 people singing beautiful songs ranging from all different languages in unison is happening. After 15 minutes of singing, the silent prayer starts. It's only about 10 minutes, but when you're sitting there, forced to be silent, it's difficult. But, as you'd expect, each time I participate in a prayer, I notice great improvement in my ability to stay silent and still. After the silent prayer ends, more singing starts. Finally, 40 minutes after the first singing began, it's over. I think, yes, the end of the midday prayer means it's time for lunch. But first, I need to serve lunch with my group. To get there before the masses, I sprint over and take my place in the serving station. For 2,000 people, serving lunch isn't a quick thing. With about seven serving lines and seven separate stations, it still takes almost a half hour to complete. Then, until dinner, I just rest. Dinner is always a delicious meal, so it's never disappointing. We have our usual conversation while eating, normally about whatever our guest is interested in. Soon we have to wrap up, however, as the nighttime prayer bells just start to ring. My grandma, uncle, and I start toward the church to participate in the last prayer of the day. I go through the whole process again, except this time a bit longer, and it eventually wraps up. Following the prayer, I walk home and wait for everyone else to return. 
As I wait, I pick up a deck of cards off the table and start shuffling the cards and passing them around, preparing for poker. The poker we play is just for fun, as we don't use any real money, because we just write the bets and other important information on paper. All of us being somewhat new and inexperienced players, the matches are always close, creating more competition amongst each other. Every night, there's a new winner. Eventually, we have to end our match, but there is one last thing to do. My uncle and I have to go to the chicken coop to clean it up and close it. Once this is over, I return to the apartment, do my nightly routine, and get in bed. I watch my nightly few episodes of TV before eventually dozing off. In the end, even with all of the inconveniences, it was a very important experience for me, and I loved being able to visit. I enjoyed having the opportunity to have more adult conversations with my uncle, since I'm older than the last time I saw him. Of course, it was also great having the chance to leave the country, explore interesting places, and make friends from all across Europe. Being in a place like this, you never want to leave, as there's always more to learn and do. This is why, sometime in the future, I would like to volunteer at the monastery for a longer period of time than I've stayed so far. This last article is called Once in a Lifetime, and it is written by Madison Prusso. As we ride up the bumpy road, I feel the air get thinner and the temperature drop. I knew we were coming close to what I've been waiting for for the whole trip. I was sitting in the pink Jeep, waiting impatiently to see. It was like waiting to open presents on Christmas Day as a kid. A few moments passed and I started seeing a glimpse of the canyon in the distance telling me we are almost to the stopping point. Our tour guide shouts, about two minutes till we make our first stop. Yay, I can't wait, I say as I grab my phone to fill my storage with pictures. Before we even get to the opening, I keep snapping pictures. I was able to start seeing the tree line end in the distance. I was getting chilly, and I was glad that I had brought my sweatshirt and sweatpants. I never imagined needing to wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt in the warm Arizona heat. We came around the curve, and I saw part of the canyon. I knew how pretty it was from seeing it in pictures, but no pictures came close to how it looked in person. The clear blue sky and the sun shining down at the canyon were like nothing I saw before. There were so many different things to look at, all the different ridges, the rivers, animals. It was a lot to take in at once. And this was only our first stop. I knew it was going to keep getting better from here. After being in that spot for about 30 minutes, our driver called us back to the Jeep to move on to our next spot. As we got to our next stopping point, the view looked totally different. It was crazy to me how each place we go looked so different. I never realized how big the Grand Canyon was. Of course, I was trying to take as many pictures as I could. I wanted to forever remember this day. The different rock configurations with red, gray, white, and brown colors were stunning to the eye. We kept on continuing around the canyon. As time went by, the sun started to set. I was looking forward to this part the most. The sun tucking beneath the horizon of the canyon was like the sun smiling back at me. I sat on a rock until I couldn't see the sun anymore. The colors of orange and yellow started to fade away. As that happened, I knew that this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and I never wanted it to end. And with that, we come to an end. I hope that this made you feel like you... Well, we only went out of the country in, in one story. But, you know, in your metaphorical passport, I hope it makes you feel like you've stamped a few pages in your metaphorical passport. Um, as always, I 
love to end on a writing prompt or an art prompt. If you have taken any beautiful photographs from vacation and you would like to upload it to teenink.com, we would love to see them. And trust me, I love reading about all kinds of vacation and travel and adventure stories. So if you have a favorite vacation or a favorite vacation spot that you think you can do justice with words, please submit at teenink.com slash submit. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will speak to you next week. Goodbye.